Praise the Lord. I trust that's all of our desires today. What greater honor could there be to be called by God to be a part of his body, to represent him in the earth? Well, anybody here going to be crying after today? Probably not, huh? Thank the Lord we've been able to have this place. I'm glad we're moving on, aren't you? Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. I certainly appreciate all the musicians and all the brothers that have helped them have to move all this stuff back and forth and back and forth. Yeah. Um, so many of the services, they'll be moving it all again, again today. We certainly appreciate all the effort that they've put forth. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, which is part of our spirit, of course, and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought. Wow. I wonder how many of us could say we do that. You see, my hand ain't up either. Bringing into captivity every thought. I realize there's an element of people around the message that say and preach, preachers, that we are beyond the Bible, actually and that Paul and Peter and all of those brothers were just immature infants and that we're so far beyond them. Do I look at it, if I can just get to where they were, I'll be doing pretty good. So for those of you that are beyond the Bible, pray for us that's still working on it, would you? Notice what Paul said, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Philippians 4, verse 8. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Well, wouldn't we be a happier people if we did that? I'm glad to be remembered as we pray today. Heavenly Father, as we bow our heads to the dust of the earth from whence our bodies were taken, and we know unless we're changed, they'll go back that way. But Father, we know the important thing is that we Take what life that you've given us and we invest it into the kingdom of God. We allow you to use us for your divine purpose. Whether it's small, medium, or large, that doesn't really matter to us. What we want is for you to be pleased with us. Lord God, as we approach your word today, I pray that you'd help me. Help me that I can step aside, Lord, and may you be able to speak through this human vessel something that would benefit your people, not only those in the visible audience, but those invisible as well. We want to say thank you, Father, that we've been able to have this place. 
where we could meet for the last few months. We're grateful for it. Lord God, we're believing you that when we move into the new place that it's going to be just phenomenal. It'll be above what we could even ask or think of what you're going to do among us. Not so much because of the new building, but we know every time you moved the people of Israel from one place to another, it was climbing higher and higher. That's what we want. We're not so much interested in a nice new building and nice this, nice that. What we want is your presence. Whether it's in a shack by the side of the road or a nice building, that's what we desire. Speak to us today, Father, by your word we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Certainly like to greet each of you here today, visitors that are with us. May the Lord be with you and bless you. Imagine there was one thing that Rahab, Tamar, Ruth, Bathsheba, all of them had at least one thing in common. They all had to look past the negativity of their lives. All four of them, like most of us, have had enough negative things in our life. And it certainly affects us. We know that we are a supernatural being, but I think most of us also realize that we are a natural one as well. And my natural one is the one that gets me in most of my trouble. It's not my soul. It loves God, just harmonizes with his word since I've been born again. But it's our flesh. And yet we know that not only our flesh part, but our spirit part as well. As a matter of fact, it can be one of our greatest enemies. The body itself actually is neutral. You take the spirit of God and put it inside of a human body, it can affect that neutrality of the body to where the body becomes obedient to what the word says. The spirit of the world, which we're born with, it affects the neutrality of the body makes the body lie, makes the body drink, makes the body get addicted to drugs, habits, things like that, because the body itself is very neutral. It must have an influence. It must have a power that affects it. And the spirit is not so much neutral, but it is a nature of something that is in us, and that nature is what affects what we become. Our human spirit is very complicated. It's a very complex thing. None of us have ever actually thought or felt or experienced what Adam did in the beginning because Adam had nothing negative to affect him. So there was no trauma, there was no fear, there was no anxiety, of course, till after the fall. He felt everything in perfection, love, genuine truth, no betrayal, nothing ever bad in any way. So we've never felt that really. Most of us, uh, whether you're 15 or 45 or 65 or 85, most of us have had fear, trauma, anxiety, disappointment, betrayal by friends, by family, by all different types of things. And I know we, we think that that doesn't affect us as Christians. And we say, well, we're so far beyond that, but you're really not. You see what you are in that human element is where the great battle actually comes from. 
And the imagination, the affection, the memory, the conscience, the things that's inside the human spirit is much of what dictates a lot of the battles that we face. A lot of the scars that are brought upon us, self-inflicted, many of them are brought on by others, of course. But let me just, before I go into this from a psychological aspect, if that's all right, let me bring it to you from the realm of your human spirit. Now in that, it has five inlets or five channels, imagination, conscience, memory, reason, and affection. And that's the way that we're able to contact our earthly home. So you can imagine then what this body would be if we didn't have any memory, if we had no imagination. If man had no imagination, we wouldn't have this type of building today. There would be no such a thing as a wireless microphone. But somebody imagined there would be a way that a speaker would be able to stand up and speak to an audience and he wouldn't have to have a cable drug around behind him all the time. And somebody began to think, well, what about Wi-Fi? What about cell phones? Now, that's still up for debate whether we're better with them or without them, I guess, right? But it was the imagination of someone, Alexander Graham Bell, that began to think about there must be a way that we could contact one another. Thomas Edison, of course, went through many, many failures before he was able to go through many of the successful inventions that the man did. Where did that come from? Not from his soul. That did not come from his memory. That did not come from affection. Where did it come from? Imagination. And imagination is a great thing as long as it's used in the right way. But imagination can be so destructive to each of us. My imagination, now I don't mind telling you I've got quite, a, quite an imagination. So my imagination can be very destructive and can be used against me a lot of times. Now, maybe some of you are saying, well, that don't bother me. Well, just listen to me before you make that assumption. Because as we can imagine positive things, we can also imagine negative things. And there is a power that is released from us because we are a supernatural being. So as our imagination can be able to take things and tinker together and make this and put that together, uh, you know, that's a powerful thing. But as our imagination can also begin to take things that are not factual or realistic, our imagination can turn it into something that is so real to us but is actually a lie. Watch this. The prophet says it this way. You just imagine that somebody hates you once. Now this is all you have to imagine it once. Somebody hates you once. Now he said they don't hate you but you imagine that they do. And you just keep thinking. Now remember you don't think with your soul. You don't think these types of thoughts from your soul, negative thinking from a born again person cannot exist. They think positive on the word. So you're thinking with your spirit. Now remember he says, but you imagine they do and you just keep thinking 
They don't like me. They don't like me. Is there anybody here that's ever been that way? One, two, three. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. So you begin to think now. Now, where does it start in the channel of imagination. Now, you just imagine that you bumped into Brother Rob out there in the foyer before service and, and Brother Rob was thinking about speaking to someone else and he's a man on a mission and he's got to go talk to somebody and you bump, hey, hey, doing, Brother Rob? And he just, you know, went right on. He wasn't trying to be mean to you or nothing like that. That's not Brother Rob's way. But yet, in your mind, you think, he doesn't like me. Now say you go to him after service and he's again a man on a mission and here he's going wide open to do this or that or the other and you're just thinking that's twice in the same service he does not like me. Brother Rob, let's just settle this. Is there anyone you're in the building you don't like? I love everybody. See, there you go. <laughs> so the situation is resolved, Right? But the problem of it is most of us don't get to hear that from the person that we think has a problem with us. So we begin to take this into this avenue of our imagination and then we begin to think about it, think about it, and we imagine they don't like us. Now notice what that changes into. Now the prophet said the first thing you'll be doing is shunning that person. So now it moves beyond just imagination, something is actually struck in your brain. Now, whether or not you understand this, from your brain, in the vortex of your brain, also from the part called the amygdala that in this almond-shaped mass of gray matter, whenever you have positive or negative thoughts, it associates in your brain and releases hormones in your body, every thought, positive or negative, releases this chemistry that takes place in your body, which will go to reacting upon your emotions. Then you think about it, you think about it, whether positive or negative, and you think about it, Brother Rob don't like me. Now he's done told you that he does, okay? But you think he don't, he don't. And all of a sudden, you begin to feel something in your body reacting. What is it? It's your emotions, and it's being released from this part of your brain, and it's causing a feeling to come to you. You say, I know it. I know it don't cause I feel it. Now, are you? Yes. Are you actually feeling something? You are but it's based on a lie. I've been there and done that. Now what's the first thing that you'll begin shunning that person when they haven't done nothing to you? After a while, it will become such a reality to you to you actually believe that person doesn't like it. Now what's taking place from this avenue of your spirit of imagination, you're beginning to create a situation where it's nothing but a lie. But it is not a lie to you because you've got more than one witness. You've got it in your imagination. You've got it in your thinking. 
your brain has now released a hormone that is associated with this negative thought. And then when you think about Brother Rob or whoever else that it would be, this feeling comes over you. And you begin to call their name and you think, now he, he, he don't like me. He don't like me and yet my daughter goes to the youth service and how am I gonna treat him the next time that I see him? Oh, I'm gonna go ahead and tell you how you're gonna treat him. You're gonna treat him with an attitude and you're gonna treat him as if though he's done something wrong when in reality he hasn't done one thing at all but it's all in your imagination. Well, praise the Lord. This would be the start of a, of a new series, wouldn't it? My, my. Now, watch, it becomes such a reality, the prophet said to you, that you actually believe the person doesn't like it. Now, there's no facts, there's no proof, but you have this in your imagination and then you have these thoughts and you feel it. It's just real, so the next time you say, well, maybe I'm wrong, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. And maybe there's perhaps, and I misunderstood Brother Rob, maybe that Brother Rob, it wasn't that he's like me, but he's just, as Brother Johnny says, he's a man on a mission, he's a busy guy, you know, he's got all these things that he's doing. But I, I'm going to try it again. I'm going to try again. Well, the next time you see Brother Rob, you know, somebody just takes him on the phone. Brother Rob, we having a youth service. When's the next one? I'm so sick because we ain't had no youth service. I'm all upset. And Brother Rob's just, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, it's my fault. We should have had another youth service. Oh, I'm so sorry. And just so happens he walks right by you. And then all of a sudden your brain associated with this thought releases this hormone again and you feel this. Anybody ever felt a flushing or a sensation in your body when a certain thing is mentioned or a certain person is mentioned? Wow. My goodness. So you all aren't as spiritual as you thought you were, are you? You see, you're not only supernatural, but you're very, very natural. Now watch, he said, you might ball them out. Wow. You might ball them out or say something to them. Now he said, for instance, it's your wife or your husband. Nobody that's married, please move. Don't bat an eye, don't smile, don't frown, just look at her mediocre, you know. She's watching you, brothers. I'm telling you, she's... Or some neighbor or something like that. And the person is absolutely innocent of any ill thing. But it's because that you just imagine that it's so till it become a reality to you. You mean we have the ability as human beings to create and form something from nothing. And it is so real to us. Our senses tell us it's real. The hormones in our brain tell us it's real. And our imagination, it tells us it's real. And that person could say, brother, they notice you, you know, kind of avoiding. Brother, if I did anything to you, no. No. That's a big one, wasn't it? Now you think, so we can all be that easily deceived by ourselves? You see, that wasn't the devil. Poor devil, bless his soul. I mean, you know, 
he gets blamed for so much stuff he ain't even guilty of. At least take the blame for what you do. He's gonna burn long enough for what he's done, but at least be man or woman enough to just admit what you've done yourself. A lot of the things that we deal with in life are self-inflicted, though we blame everybody else for it. Now once he said, it's because you just imagine it so till it become a reality to you. Now once how that the psyche of the human being is made up so, not just now of even Christians. The prophet of the Messiah says this, here the other night I saw on a telecast of a man with psychic mental face. He set a glass of water and stood back and kept concentrating on that glass of water till it bursted. So here a man that's not a Christian, he's not a believer, but he sets a glass of water in a spot and he sits there and concentrates, concentrates, concentrates until he bursts the glass with this psychic power. And he said the glass cracked and the water ran out. Just pure mental concentration. That's his fibers. That's his makeup. Now he's got a power given to him by mental thinking that can break a glass of water. Him being a sinner. So that shows that there's something that way in a man. I said, that's a fallen man. How much more if man could only get back to God and let God take that, turn that loose in the kingdom of God. Praise the Lord. So can you imagine then if a person that's not a believer would be able to concentrate, now this is plastic so I don't figure we can break it, but if we would be able to sit there and concentrate and concentrate on that, if it were glass enough to be able to project our psychic mental powers to that to where that somehow by frequency, vibration, however it works, it would actually burst that vessel and cause the liquid to spill out. I wonder if we could ever focus that by the Spirit of God if we wouldn't be able to take an attitude or an avenue of people that don't like us, don't care for us or whatever, instead of breaking a glass, wonder if we could break bondage. Wonder if we couldn't break a hard feeling or something between you and a brother, you and a family member or whatever more that by the Spirit of God, not psychic faith, but the Spirit of God taking you as a son or daughter of God and you creating an atmosphere around that individual to let them know you do love them and you care for them. I wonder if it wouldn't be a greater body of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, watch this. So here we look at Elijah and we know that that Brother Random, of course, was a human being like all the rest of us. And I, I, I love this statement here because it shows us the human side. In perfect faith, he said, I get spells too. You know, I get moody. Anybody here ever get into spells, what we call spells? Anybody ever get moody? All the rest of you angels, we're happy to have you all visiting with us today. So I get moody. Now he said, I get to a spot, what gets me is where I get into those spells that I get overworked and Satan comes telling me why nobody cares for you. You really haven't got a friend in the world. Now remember, this is 1963. 
The prophet has been preaching for many, many years. He's known by people around the world. Hundreds of thousands of people have been affected by his ministry. Wonder why that did not drive this away from him. Wonder why Satan was able to tell him this and it actually bothered him enough that he would believe it. Wow. So you mean having friends and having acquaintances and even a lot of friends. There might be thousands of people that are your friends on Facebook. (laughs) That don't mean they're your real friends. You may have folks that you go to church with that you consider your friends, but it doesn't mean they're really, really, truly your friend. You understand what I'm saying? But apparently there was enough truth to this that it really bothered him. You know, Satan wouldn't waste his time telling you something that wouldn't have some sort of effect on you. How many knows that's right? Now he said, so Satan would tell him, nobody cares for you. You really haven't got a friend. Now notice he didn't say a million or a hundred thousand or ten thousand. But Satan told him, you really haven't got a one. You really haven't got one friend. How in the world is that possible that that could actually be a believable temptation to the prophet of God? Well, most of the people that come to him wanted something. They wanted prayer. They wanted answers to this, that, the other. They wanted something. How many came to him that didn't want anything that just really wanted to be a friend and a buddy and a pal? You understand that? So many of them, they constantly wanted something. So this was of a believable temptation. Now what she said, and remember, I'm not immune to that temptation. I got to overcome that. Okay, so if that was something he had to overcome, I wonder about some of us here today. Nobody in the church loves you. Nobody likes you. You know, this one don't like you. This one don't like you. Now, for some, that that don't even bother me. I don't even care. Well, there's something wrong with you. If you don't want to be loved, then there's something missing in your life. Now, let me go in this way in the avenue of of science and of the clinical studies. And I know some of you is going to freak out for a few minutes, but just give me a few minutes before you shut me down. Clinical studies show that when we fill our minds with negative thoughts, it may become easier to give in to feelings of helplessness and despair. Have you ever noticed that when you get down and you get weary and the longer you think that way, the lower you become and the more down you become? Well, here's the reason why. Now, remember what medical science has done is been able to break into the anatomy of the body and understand what makes us the way we are. They always don't have the answer. We know that. But it's amazing how parallel they run. And you just be patient with me, and I'll I'll bring you some quotes here. That's exactly what they say. These feelings can lead to unhealthy behavior that reinforce negative thinking patterns. So it's like the more we think negative and the more we think nobody loves me, nobody likes me, then it leads to actually more negative thinking. So you think, well, nobody loves me. I'm not a part. I'm not important. You know, if I don't come to church, ain't no big deal. Nobody loves me. And the more you think about it, the more it's easier for you to think about it. 
So the more you think about it, the more you think about it. And the more you think about it, the more you think about it. And the more you think about it, the more real it becomes to you. And your brain is releasing these hormones inside of your body. Then when you think about church, you get this feeling that runs over you. Mom. Negative thinking can have a significant impact on our hormones and the body. A report from the University of Minnesota examines how negative thoughts and feelings can activate the body's stress response. So when we're thinking negative, then here it's releasing the cortisol inside of our body and it triggers fight or flight. So it triggers this inside of us. Stress triggers the release of cortisol and other hormones that can cause physical and emotional distress. This cascade of hormones increases inflammation in the body. Oh my goodness. Leading to a higher risk of developing illnesses such as heart disease, oh my, and diabetes. And yet we watch our cholesterol and we watch the amount of eggs we eat. We don't have to worry about that today as high as they are, do we? We watch this and we watch that. But I wonder, do you understand much of our trouble, no doubt, is coming from who? Us. Our worries, our anxieties, all of these things we go through. And we are releasing them from the factory inside of our own bodies. The factory inside of our own bodies are releasing these negative things and then it causes us to get sick in other avenues of our life. And who does the devil want to blame for it? God, of course. Well, it's God's fault. God didn't keep it. God never told you to worry. God never told you to be anxious. Oh, hallelujah. God don't tell you to give up. God don't tell you to feel helpless. Negative thinking can also affect our relationships with others in a variety of ways. For example, negative thought patterns can lead to avoidance behaviors. Now listen to this. Avoidance behaviors such as closing yourself off from others or refusing to engage in meaningful conversation. As a result, negative thinking often leads to increased feelings of isolation and loneliness. So the negative thinking itself tends to make us to where we just close ourselves off from everybody else. And then that leads to more loneliness, which means you're going to close yourself off to everybody else, which leads to more, well, nobody understands me and nobody wants me, which is going to lead to more what? Don't you understand? We are our greatest enemy. It's us, friends. It's our humanity. It's our humanity. We're held in this prison house and all these things going on inside of us. And if we're not careful, we get to a place where we think God don't even care. Boy, if we get there, we're really in bad shape, aren't we? Some behaviors to look out for that indicate negative thinking. Everybody listen? Include jumping to conclusions. (laughs) 
Blame shifting. Making assumptions. Expecting the worst. Making comparisons. Well, y'all looking like a hound dog in the hen house for this morning. <laughs> Over generalizing. So these are attributes of a person filled with negative thoughts. I'll read it again just in case you missed it. Jumping to conclusions. Blame shifting. Making assumptions. Expecting the worst. I wish I had six legs. I'd raise them all. These behaviors can lead to resentment or mistrust, making it difficult for people to build a strong connection with you. Negative thinking can be a powerful force in our lives, having a negative impact on our mental health and well-being. If left unchecked, negative thoughts can take a toll on your physical health and your relationships and daily function. Say, Brother Donnie, that ain't nothing but psychology. Really? Okay. Well, let's consult Elijah. You see, we have lots of hope, but not much faith. But we want to change from hope today to positive faith. And there's only one way we can get positive faith. That's by thinking of positive things. One way that we can give positive faith and that is by, amen, thinking of positive things. And the church said, amen. Oh, wait a minute, Brother Don. I thought faith come by hearing and hearing by the word. It does. But just hearing it alone won't do you no good. You gotta take it into your mind, as James said, and be not a forgetful hearer. So you walk out of here today and you think about, that was some great quotes, that was some great scripture. Oh man, that was a really good sermon, I enjoyed it. But you're gonna say, God, by your grace, I wanna apply it to my life and I ain't waiting until tomorrow, I'm gonna start today. I want to get this negative stuff out of me. I want to get away from this negativity. I'm negative about church. I'm a negative about the brothers and sisters. I'm negative about God. I am sick of being negative. I want to be a positive asset to the kingdom of God. Notice this. When you get to thinking about divine healing, you go to thinking about Christ. Keep him on your mind. And of course, the scripture that we read, if there be any praise, think on this. Any virtue, think on this. If any thought that comes by that says, maybe it couldn't be so, get it out of your mind right quick. Think on things that's positive. Never let a negative thought pass through. Don't let it stop anyhow. If it starts, keep your thoughts positive. Now watch, he jumps down and there's a person sitting there in a wheelchair. The very next paragraph, he says, now don't think sitting there in that wheelchair that you're hopeless and helpless, you're not. Don't let that 
negative thought ever, Pastor? Can you imagine a person sitting there in a wheelchair? They're looking at their paralysis or whatever it is. Maybe they've been there for years and years and yet you got this servant of God telling you don't never let, well, what are they gonna do? Act like they're not in the wheelchair. They're gonna act like they can walk. Of course, what they're gonna do is look to the promise of God. I may be in here today, but tomorrow may be my day of deliverance. I don't know how, I don't know when, but I believe his word. What will that do? It changes them. Oh my. Again, he says, the Bible says, if there be any praise, any virtue, think on these things. Wondering if I'll be called in the prayer line or not. Don't think that kind of negative thought. Don't let it pass through your mind. Make every word positive. God forgive us. Make every word positive and every thought positive. Now this is from the spiritual side and this is, next statement is from the scientific side. Our amazing brain can make decisions and respond quickly to threats for our safety and survival. Now think when God made man, there was no cars. There were no need of the brain being able to make a, a decision, a quick response in three quarters of a second. But aren't you glad God paced it so that knowing there would be automobiles. So automatically somebody stops in front of you, bam, before you even think about it, you've got your foot on the brake. Now what if God would have made that response two and a half minutes long? And somebody stops in front of you and you are Mr. Sloss. You won't last that long, I'll be preaching your funeral next week. But what's amazing to me when you look at this, that when man fell, I woke up early this morning thinking about this, I thought, my, what must have happened to the human body when Adam fell in the Garden of Eden? It's something about our makeup, not only in our soul, but listen to this about the brain. When we stress or worry or have negative thinking, we trick our brains into believing there is an immediate threat. So when we go to thinking negative and down and all that, we are tricking our brain into thinking there's a negative threat. Lord have mercy, it's a wonder some of our brains ain't work. We think so much negative stuff. As a result, our fight or flight response kicks in. Our brains, now this is what I found so amazing, our brains are pre-wired to respond to negative thoughts and feelings more quickly than positive. This is what hit me, Harry, this morning. I was thinking that changed somehow in the Garden of Eden. You see, the change that come over Adam, it must have been in his hormones, it must have been in his brain. It must have been in the response of the human spirit. All of this changed. Brother Joel, inside the anatomy of the man began to change because Adam would have never even thought a negative thought prior to his fall in the Garden of Eden. Everything would have been positive. Everything would have been wonderful. And when the change come over the man watching, when the voice of God, when the voice of God comes in the Garden of Eden and he hears it, 
then what happens? This negative thought, Adam is afraid. He'd never felt fear before. So what kicks in? Fight or flight. So he runs, he hides. Why? Because his brain for the first time is releasing the hormone of cortisol and Adam never felt it before. It must have been a rush of emotions in his body and he runs and hides behind the tree. He's never felt it before. His heart pumping and racing, his blood pressure fluctuating, flushing in his face, all this going on inside of his body. That's what we felt all of our entire life. But I'm telling you one thing, we're going back to another body when there won't be no more hormones released like this in our body. There won't be no fight or flight. It'll be eternal life, eternal joy, eternal peace. Can't you see why we need such a change in our bodies? Our brains are pre-wired to respond to negative thoughts and feelings more quickly than positive. When we think positively, our brain assumes that everything is under control and no action is needed. So when you're just sitting there thinking, you know, whatever the positive thoughts in your mind, God loves me. Everything's going to be all right. I mean, it's looking bad, but everything is going to be all right. Your brain is just in modern terminology, chilling out. Why? Because there's nothing from your thought pattern that's releasing to this almond-shaped part of your gray matter that's saying, danger, 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 danger. Positive thoughts are calming it down. You know, Erica, as many of you know, been going through this cancer situation. I don't know how many of the doctors and things that, that we've been to, and they've emphasized it over and over again. Positive thoughts, positive thinking. Yeah. Thinking the right way, thinking and looking. How many know that they do that? Many of them have broken into being in the, the doctor's offices and different ones that we've been into. And on this wall, there'll be a positive thought. There'll be a scripture there. There'll be a something there. What's it for? To lift up your attitude, to be able to keep you higher in that sphere. Why? Because they know it. They know it by the autonomy and looking at how we are made up, that it releases something in our body. And if people go in in a negative way, Brother Darrell told me something's ever years ago that a man whenever he was still in surgery a man come in had a very minor surgery he was going to face at the VA and the man come in and said I'm not going to live I'm, my brother Dale said no buddy you're going to be fine we, we do this all the time you're going to be perfectly fine no I'm not no I'm not I'm going to die this is going to kill me he said no no you're not going to die they got into the surgery something went terribly wrong the man died on the operating table Brother Darrell said he thought about it so many times. They put the man out under the anesthesia. It is his mindset. It's where he's at. Oh, my. What about us as the people of God? Oh, it's getting dark out there, Brother Donnie. Laodicea is at the end time. Yes, it is. Oh, I'm afraid I'm going to be overcome. I'd get them thoughts out of my mind this morning. Oh, no, I, I'm going to get overtaken with drinking with this. No, sir, you stand by the grace of God and say, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prosper. I'm more than a conqueror. Delight thyself also in the Lord. He will give thee the desires of thine heart. If any two on earth agree is touching anything, it shall be done. What Whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. Oh my. 
recent studies show that the psychological stress is causing an overuse of the powerful safety system in our bodies, weakening our immune system. You can take vitamin C till you turn into one of them jelly vitamin C's. Some of you have got the office regimen that ever was. COVID anxiety has drove some of us batty. We're taking vitamin D by the boxcar loads. We're taking vitamin C. And we're rubbing oil on our feet and rubbing oil on our hands and rubbing this and that and that. Well, go ahead and look at me funny if you want to. Scared to death of COVID. Scared to death of the flu. I'll tell you one thing. I believe if we take God's word and put it in our heart and on our mouths, there's no telling what it will do just in our natural body. Oh, my. Because negative thoughts and the fear and the trauma of this and that, what does it do? It lowers your immune system. Oh, but Brother Donnie, I've got the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost ain't in your immune system. The Holy Ghost is not controlling your immune system. You need your mouth to and your brain to and your thoughts to control it. Listen to this. Thinking negatively about your problems not only doesn't help solve anything, It makes it harder, actually makes it harder for you to think of a helpful solution. Well, Joe, when I started looking at this, I rolled up my sleeves and I said, devil, where are you? I'm ready to box you right in the mouth. Look at what you've done to us. You put us under this negative thinking knowing that our brain gets so overloaded with all this stuff that we can't even think properly in the right avenue. And who's doing it? Oh yeah, we'll blame the devil. It's us. Now let me read to you this little thing in your brain. Each one of you have it today. You've never seen it, nor have I. The amygdala. If you have a tendency to overreact to stress, it could be to changes in your brain brought on by negative thinking. Now, can you imagine? You understand what I'm trying to do today? I'm trying to change your brain as well as your soul. I don't want you just to get born again and filled with the Holy Ghost. I want your amygdala to be changed. Might be a good sermon to preach in a convention sometime. Notice what happens. If you have a tendency to overreact to stress, it could be due to changes in your brain brought on by negative thinking. So how you react to stress can be dictated by negative thinking. Negative experiences are stored in the brain by the amygdala. Oh. Stored there. The amygdala is also responsible for the brain's fight or flight response. The prefrontal cortex, y'all didn't know you had one of them either, did you? The prefrontal cortex regulates our response to stressors. So this little almond-shaped gray matter in your brain, it controls This response, fight or flight, also has to do with memory. So you see a certain person, relive a certain thing, and all of a sudden it brings it back. 
I've told you before, I preaching several years ago in Arkansas, and there's a brother there, a friend of mine. I've known him for years and years. And I was preaching along the avenue of scars and things like that. And I noticed a brother as I was speaking, and he was so intent. And I noticed him as he started sweating like in the service. That was unusual for me because I was doing the preaching, but he just sat in there. And I just noticed his demeanor. Everything about him was so different. And they brought out a red Gatorade for me in case I needed it when I preached. And I noticed as I unscrewed that and I drank part of it, and just this look came on his face. So at the end of the service, he came up for prayer. He called me as I was driving down the road. Carol and I left the service last night, that, that night heading home. And he said, Brother Donnie, I'm sure you noticed I was acting different. I said, I did, brother. He said, well, let me tell you, I was a builder, a contractor several years ago. And he said, they would let us dig a pit and we would burn the refuse, the two befores and this and that and the other. And he said, one morning as we were putting this, my helpers and myself, all this garbage in this pit, I stepped to the edge of this pit. The fire was already going and the side gave way and I fell into the fire. And he said, I started hollering and screaming for the guys to come and help me. And they come and they, they got me out of there. But by the time they got him out, his body was burned and he had some places on him and really, really bad. They'd stopped that morning coming to work and they'd had a cooler and they'd bought several different types of, you guessed it, Gatorade. So they bring to him a great big large Gatorade and he starts drinking it. And the ambulance comes and gets him and he had some pretty severe burns on his body. And he said, as you were preaching that, I began to relive it. And his body was reacting to that memory. So he was sweating, no doubt the hormones being released in his body. Anybody ever had something similar to happen? Somebody's name is mentioned or a preacher mentions a certain circumstance or situation and you get all nervous and you feel like everybody's looking at you. What is that? That's coming from within you. The hormones in your body are associated with that and there it relives it again. Then when you go to thinking that way, it puts the body in this, this fight or flight. I mean, I've watched people before and I've honestly thought, some of them I've seen them do it. When you go to preaching on a certain thing, they'll get up and run out. They can't take it. They cannot take it because in their mind they are reliving that and the thing they do is flight and they get up and they leave. They cannot stand what it does. That is so sad to me. Why don't we pray for people for these things? Why is it always the physical part in the body? Why is it headaches, backaches, toe aches, this and that and the other? I wonder how many are hurting my friends that have all these things inside of their spirit and they live a life in bondage day in and day out. And what are their bars? What are their bars? What is their prison? Thoughts, memories, affections that's been sown in the wrong way. Notice this. Oh my. Someone who's faced with a stressful situation, like being in a traffic jam, normally assesses the level of the threat in their safety to their safety, and concludes that the threat is pretty much just an annoyance. Now, that blue-haired woman driving down the road on Milligan Highway, and she's going 21 miles an hour. Why do you know? Because you clocked her. 
It's a 40 mile an hour speed zone and you're in a hurry. You've got to go here and there. There she is. And you're saying, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. In reality, that is an annoyance more than it is a danger to your life. Unless you pass her on the double yellow line. But what do we do depending on how our makeup is? And whether we lean towards the positive or the negative. Some folks stress out. We're living in one of the most stressful times it's ever been. You don't ask me, go to Walmart this evening and you fixing to pull into that parking spot right there and that person who saw that a half a mile away, they wanted that parking spot and they'll talk to you worse than if you was a dog, will they not? You get pulled out in front of them, you get out of their way, they're honking their horn, they pull up beside of you and look at you like and say, what did I do? What did I do? People are living under such stress. Is it any wonder, friends, that people pull out their gun and kill somebody? over somebody pulling out front. Why? Because this is where Satan wants us to live. He wants us to live so stressed out that we can't even enjoy life. We can't enjoy God. We cannot enjoy being with our family and our loved ones because everybody is just so stressed. We're all borrowing nerve pills from one another. You can tell when people are getting old. I've noticed it in the last few years myself and it makes me realize how I'm getting older because you hear the people you're sitting around talking about and they're describing their medications. <laughs> and they're talking about their Medicare card. And they're talking, you realize, yeah, I've definitely changed dispensations. That used to wasn't my line of talk. And you realize, oh, I've been so stressed. Which one do you take? And it amazes me how well-versed our people are on medications. It amazes me. Oh, yeah, I take so many milligrams of that, too. And I take, have you heard of this one? That Now, I'll tell you what I heard. I heard it is so good if you take a little bit around and swish it around with a little bit of banana oil. And you mix it with a little bit of this and that and the other. You know, and it's amazing how medical that we are. What is it, friends? We're searching for peace. We're searching for a little bit of relief from this stress and this pressure that we live under. I'll tell you where it's gonna come from to a real believer from within yourself. Oh, glory to God, if we can get our minds and our soul in harmony with God's word, you can turn your own world around from within you. As far as your brain is concerned, every thought, every thought releases brain chemicals. Being focused on negative thoughts effectively saps the brain of positive forcefulness, slows it down, and goes to dimming the brain's ability to function, even creating creating depression. Now remember, Satan is not a creator. But if he can get you and I sad enough, low enough, then we ourselves will create our own depression. Wow. 
Well, you figure, I just figure I need to take myself at the time and just knock myself out this morning. <laughs> wow, you mean I am truly my greatest enemy? On the flip side, thinking positive, happy, hopeful, optimistic, joyful thoughts decreases cortisol and produces serotonin. Do you understand this is what cocaine does? Do you understand many of the addictive drugs that people get so addicted to that it goes to that part of your brain, which is the feel-good part. And it releases these mega doses of dopamine and serotonin. And this is why people get so addicted to it. Because cocaine and many of these other things, it releases it in such high doses that once they feel that high, then they've got to get back again and again and again. But the thing of it is, once they take it, they have to have more and more and more the next time. Unless, of course, you realize the true factory can be within yourself. You can be your own factory as a child of God of producing these good things within yourself. You can also be one casting out devils of them evil thoughts. Praise the Lord. Can you imagine that God made the brain and apparently it fell in the fall there whenever Adam's body, if it did produce cortisol, it had been held captive until the fall. And once man fell, then the ability to release this cortisol in his body was there and he began to experience it. It must have been frightening. It must have been frightening for Adam the first time that he felt this mega release of cortisol in his body and his serotonin and the dopamine was so minimized and he became fearful and afraid. He said, what is, what is this feeling? I've never felt this way before. What is it? This is why Christians get in such anxiety and get so stressed. But don't sit there and look at me. Don't you understand that Christians can be depressed? Christians can get to a place where they have to go to a mental institution. That don't mean they're not saved people. That don't mean they're not children of God. They got overwhelmed by the factory in their own bodies. So on the flip side, thinking positive, happy, hopeful, optimistic, joyful thoughts decreases cortisol, produce serotonin, which creates a sense of well-being. This helps your brain to function at peak capacity. Wow, wouldn't that be awesome? I'm not sure how far capacity mine's ever been, but it'd be nice at least once before I die to reach the peak. Listen to this. Happy thoughts and positive thinking in general support brain growth as well as the generation and reinforcement of new synopsis, whatever that is. Especially in the prefrontal cortex, PFC they call it, which serves as the integration center of all your brain, mind, functions. So you're just sitting around thinking, oh Jesus, I love you. Jesus, you're my healer. Oh God, how good you are. 
You've been good. You've been so good to me, Lord. You've healed me. You've saved me. You've sanctified me. Lord, I don't know what's fixing to come ahead, but I know one thing. You're the one who holds the future. And all of a sudden, your cortisol is getting all bucketed out. Man, it's, it's going down. And your serotonin's it. And what does it do? It releases this in your brain and it rewards your body. This is what this is. It's a reward of your body for thinking in a positive way. So when you think in a positive way, then these hormones are released from the PFC out of your brain and it's rewarding your body for thinking that way. And it actually produces a feeling inside of you. You ever think just something happy and, and you feel a change like? And then you get a phone call or a text. Oh my God. And you go to feeling this. You know what it is? It's the thought you associate. It released that in the chemical factory of your brain. Oh, children, can't you see? Can't you see what God wants us to be? Living in the middle of hell. He don't want us to be bound by hell. Living in the middle of depression. Living in the middle of sadness. God don't want us to be controlled by sadness. He wants us to be a little creator within ourselves. Let me close. Although you'll always have, I love this little simple statement right here. Somebody needs to make a t-shirt or something with this. Although you'll always have stress and obstacles in your life, they don't have to define your mindset. As you replace pessimistic thinking with optimism, your life can be more abundant. You will have the occasional storms but your positive outlook, this part I'm talking about right here, becomes your umbrella. Your positive outlook becomes your umbrella. So the umbrella, as you know, does not drive away the storm. Your umbrella does not make the clouds, Brother Jack, disappear but you have your own little personal protection. Now, it may not be but this big, or you might have one of them great old big ones that the Deacon Brothers has got. Brother J.D. brought me in on one a while ago. It was a pretty good size of the thing, so me and him both was able to get under it. If we get enough positivity about the Holy Ghost inside of us, we might have enough room for a brother or a sister or maybe a daughter of God that's going through such sadness in their life. They might need a little bit of protection under your umbrella. Oh my, hallelujah. What can God do for us if we can get our thinking right? Listen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh, don't you love him? Let me read this to you. Now it's a strange thing. The prophet said, people will say, well, I'm weak. My faith is not very much. I'm not a very good Christian. That's just what the devil wants you to say. You're talking his language right then. You mustn't ever say that. Don't never let your testimony be negative. Let it be positive all the time. Amen. I'm saved. I have God in my heart. I believe him with all my heart. Do you believe in divine healing? With all my heart, he says. Let your testimony always in your thoughts. Never permit a negative thought to come in your mind if you can help it. And when it starts out, don't entertain it. Well, you say, I can't keep them thoughts from coming. 
Well, be like the farmer that said he couldn't stop the birds from flying over his place. And this is your place. God wants this to be your happy place. This is your place right here. Now watch, the farmer said he couldn't stop the birds from flying over his place, but he sure could stop them from roosting. You can't help thoughts when they come, but don't entertain them. Pass them on. No, sir. Jesus Christ is my Savior. All things are mine by God's grace. I'm going to testify of them, and God can only bless you as you confess he has done it for you. My Lord. He's the high priest of our confession. He can only do for us. Here's our ABCs again. As we accept it, A, and only, oh my, as we believe it, B, and confess it, C, A, B, C, accept, believe, confess. Now remember the prophet finished that story about that farmer and saying that the farmer said he couldn't stop the birds from flying over. But if they roosted, there's no negative thoughts sitting right there on top of that speaker. So he said, you got a double barrel shotgun, Old and New Testament. Hang tight with me. There's one sitting back on top of that camera. Let me take care of him. Nobody loves you. You ain't got a friend in the world. You sisters ought to be shotgun packing toting women. You brothers ought to be shotgun packing toting brothers. I'll tell you one thing, if we started packing more like that and aiming them at the devil instead of aiming them at one another, we'd be a whole lot better off. We're really good at shooting one another. And the church said, Amen. Help us, Lord. Can you say that? Help me, Lord. Let's bow our heads if you would. Hemi doesn't want this just to be words today, but you want it to be something that God helps you with. Me too. Me too, Lord. Heavenly Father, we ask you today, Lord Jesus, that you would help us. Lord, as I begin to study this, I realize that we're born with this negativity about us. Many of us were fed this by our parents, maybe by our children. We know how sometimes cruel children can be that we go, went to school with that criticize us and ridicule us. No doubt, some of these people here today can remember things they went through at school and maybe at home, things that said a negative thing about them. Lord, I remember myself, we was always poor. and Daddy worked at a minimum wage, and me being the oldest of seven kids, so we never had nice things. I remember standing on the, on the playground, Wayne County Elementary School, wishing I had a friend. I'd stand out there by myself, recess after recess. Nobody wouldn't speak to me, had on ragged clothes, if we got new shoes or anything like that, whenever we did get them, they all come from the dollar store and everybody knew they did. So they'd laugh at us, make fun of us. And Lord, we know those things can affect us even when we get older. Lord God, we pray today that you would help us. Not to just focus maybe on our upbringing and our clothes didn't come from the mall and, 
We didn't have the very best of purses and we didn't have the very best of tennis shoes and that sort of thing. People thought, just life, oh, that don't make no difference. But if they really be truthful, they'd see a lot of their problems tie back to such things when they were young. Some are rejected by their parents. Some father walked off and left them. Mother walked off and left them. It instilled a fear in them. And they hold that trauma, afraid they'll be left their whole life. Lord God, please help us, Jesus. Help us, Lord. You know, Lord, that these things are formed in our brain called dendrites. It's like the branches on a tree. Bad memories and good memories both make these dendrites. And whenever something will run across our mind to recall a bad memory of an individual or something that happened, that hormone released in our body and it causes the same feeling that thing may have happened 30 years ago. That's why the discernment, the prophet would call people out and tell them things that happened to them 30 years before that because that dendrite was stored in the brain. But the way to get rid of those is to make more good ones. So maybe there's some here today struggling in their marriage and they're having a hard time forgiving one another for this and that. Help them, Lord, to try to move beyond the past and the failures and start making new memories. Maybe they've been burnt by church. Maybe they've been burnt by preachers. And they let them bad memories keep them out. Lord God, may we start today making new ones. Help us, Jesus. Help us take control of this factory in our body called our brain that daily releases all these multiplication of hormones in our body. We quote the scriptures and quote the scriptures and we love you with all of our heart and we want to be faithful and true and we're trying to approach it from the soul and we think it's soul trouble. That's why many of them struggle with having the Holy Ghost because they think it's soul trouble when a lot of it ain't soul trouble. It's brain trouble. It's spirit trouble. It's dendrite trouble. It's memory trouble. Imagination trouble. Oh, Jesus, speak to us today, I pray, Father. We love you today, Father. Anybody here just by raising your hands, signifying to the Lord, Lord, I need your help today. I need your help, Jesus. We love you, Father. Come by this way, Lord. May not our imagination control us, our affection, our memory, but may the Spirit of God so control us from our soul that it brings our body subject to the Word. It brings our spirit and all these memories and things that we had in our life that have haunted us. Lord God, may we be able to have new thoughts and new memories. May we think on whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are of a good report. Think on these things. For we know the word said, for as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Help us, I pray, Lord God. Peace Cover me, cover me. Her sister Holly is facing a, a surgery concerning her neck. Many of you probably know about it. 
very serious thing. Naturally, the human part, she's dreading it and fearful of it. But how many believes today the Lord can bring peace to her sister? If this is God's way, we know the prophet said, God heals by surgery, God heals by love, God heals by music, God heals many different avenues. If this is the Lord's God's way, then we just accept it that way. Let's just join our faith together with her. Satan, you're a liar. I condemn you. In the name of Jesus, go back to hell where you come from. This is a daughter of God. It's not enough that you attack her. But now she's looking at a way which she can be remedied by this. And now what do you do? You low down devil. Now you try to encapsulate her heart in fear. But in the name of Jesus, I resent this fear. Hallelujah. For the word says, thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Lord God, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke this fear away from my sister right now. Father, you see, Lord, the doctors have done everything they know to do up to this stage, and this is what they feel like is the next stage to bring our sister relief of this situation. Father, I pray in Jesus Christ's name, may the Spirit of God be with her, Lord. Give her that peace, Lord, the anxiety for waiting for a couple of more weeks for it to happen. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus, may she be able to walk away from here today with a peace in her heart, knowing that in that surgery room that day, the angels of God will be there. The Spirit of God will guide that surgeon's hand. Be with her, Father. May it accomplish, Lord, what they wanted to, I pray. Oh, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Brother Larry got a situation with his heart, and the Lord knows all about it. Very serious situation as far as what the doctor says. But the more serious, the greater the victory, the greater the miracle in our God. We love Brother Larry, don't we? We appreciate him. Let's pray for him today. Heavenly Father, you're the first one and the only one to ever make a human heart. The angels must have been awed that day as they come down in the Garden of Eden and they watched you take dust, red clay, and shape ventricles and pumps and all muscles and all these things and they watched your mighty hand as you made the first human heart hallelujah Lord God you see what the doctors have told our brother about his human heart but Lord as believers we agree together for our brother in the name of Jesus if you're the one who made the first one we believe you're the one who can repair this one So I lay my hands on his beating heart in his chest today, Father. In the name of Jesus, move for our brother. Lord God, we believe you're a miracle worker. May the same one who created the first heart go down inside my brother's body today and correct this, Father. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. 
treatment that she has really been tough on her. She's had a lot of pain associated with it. How many believes our God can go right there where she's at this morning? Since she's been a little old thing, she's loved to go to church. This thing has kept her out of service after service. But I believe God's going to turn it around. Amen. Let's agree together. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, you see this need in Erica's body today. Lord, I know how she loves church. We took her in the office the other day at the new place and showed her the couch sitting there and told her she'd be able to come in there and lay down if she wasn't strong enough to be able to sit out in the audience and a monitor there where she'd be able to watch the service. If that happens, we're just believing that's gonna be temporary until she's gonna be able to walk out on that platform and sit out there with the saints of God and worship and praise. Dear God, you see this need in her body. You see what the doctors call it, neuroendocrine tumor. You see their diagnosis. You You see what they say, there's no cure. This, that, the other. But that's their report and no doubt the best they know. And we're thankful for everything that they have done to be able to help her but we're looking today to another report. And that's the one we choose to believe. We want to overwhelm our brain with those positive thoughts. Lord God, would you touch her, Father? You see the pain she's been having, Lord, in the name of Jesus. When you come to this earth, you were associated with pain. You felt pain, all types of pain. Would you go to her now, Lord God, and touch her? In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. God bless you, saints. Love you in the Lord. Lord willing, I'm not sure, brother, we probably already announced it. Be having, first, we'll be having more like an open house. Well, I guess not a house. I guess it's an open church, ain't it? Open church on Wednesday night. Just so everybody can kind of come in and look at it and, you know, look around, try to find your seat. I don't know how many people's already been there picking out their seats. So hopefully we won't have 10 people wanting the same seat. 
The only problem I foresee with doing that is one couple come in and the brother wanted to sit on this side and his wife wanted to sit over there. So hopefully they'll get that worked out. But we thought it'd be easier for you to come in, just look around for those of you that haven't been there. And then we'll have the first service uh, next Sunday. And we're just looking forward for what the Lord is, is going to do for us there. So if you can come there Wednesday night, you're more than welcome to come and just have some time of fellowship as we look around. Then we're going to have some singing. And um, just remember the, all the equipment there is new audio, the video, the cameras, the internet. So please be patient with our brothers. We've got some very impatient streamers. And whenever it, something goes happen within two or three minutes, they're ringing these brothers' phones. So please just be patient with us while we make this transition. We'll hopefully make it better. So we don't want people to lose their religion because they couldn't stream a service. I mean, that would be... <laughs> so be patient with us as we go through this learning process. How many is in love with the Lord today? Let's just bow our heads together, shall we? Brother Jonathan, maybe come and dismiss us, buddy, in a word of prayer. Brother Louis, get ready to lead us to your brother Aaron one singing. The brothers will be carrying all this stuff out, so if any of you would like to help them, I know they would, uh, they would appreciate that. God bless you. I love you in the Lord. Let's just pray. <clears throat> Lord Jesus. So grateful and thankful for another service that we've had here, Lord. And Lord, it might not be the most desired location, but that didn't stop you from coming. And we just, we just are so grateful for what you've done. And we go forward just expecting great and mighty things. Bless us as we go, Lord, the work that needs to be done, the final touches with the church, Lord, and just helping our brother to recover and his family, Lord. And every need that came up, Lord, we just pray we all walk away, Lord, different than when we came in, better than when we came in. Guide us and lead us through this weekend, Lord, until we can meet again and we'll just be in fellowship with you and do it all over again. We love you with all of our hearts. Be with us as we go. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother John. Praise the Lord. Just let me make this uh, quick. And I just saw her as I came up, but Sister Rayleigh Shepherd was able to be in the service with us today. Praise the Lord. Amen. She's been, been very sick, but the Lord let her be in the service with us today. We thank the Lord for that, don't we? Has it been a treat to be in church today? Do you appreciate the word of the Lord? Amen. Let's sing this as we go and believe it with all of our heart. It's already done. It's already done. Thank you, Lord. Oh, the battle is over. Victory won. It's already done. It's already done. Hallelujah. It's all.
time.